Welcome, everyone, to another riveting episode of the Guns, Gear, and Beer podcast. I'm your host, Derek Campbell of MoGuns.com. Tonight, I'm joined by Nathan of Schultz Photography, Adam Peeney from Knight's Armament, Hola. and Yosef from Esoteric. Thank you guys for jumping on again. Yeah, no Thank problem. You. Have some fun tonight. As Yosef says, it's definitely going to fly off the rails and destroy the town like it always does. Well, let's hope not. Adam, try to keep it under control, bro. Nope, no promises. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so, Yosef, you've been posting a lot of really cool content recently. What have you been up to? Uh, just working, man. It's been a busy couple of months for us. We've uh, had a few uh, busy courses. Uh, got an opportunity to go uh, a couple of cool places. Uh, we had uh, a week-long course down at Fort Bragg uh, with a, a local agency down there, and that was kind of nice. Uh, the Fort Bragg SRT team hosted us down there, and uh, we did a bunch of work at their uh, facility, um, so that was kind of a good time. Um, got a couple of products pushed out this year, Hope you know, the base pads, uh, kind of, we did a, a little collaboration with Terran Tactical. And uh, had our base pad put out, so that was kind of fun. Um, you know, we're, right now things have calmed down a little bit, and we're setting up for 2018. We've got a pretty busy schedule for 2018. Uh, going to Alabama, Texas, uh, LA, and hopefully Florida. So those are some of the things uh, going on. Yes, come to Florida. No, we need to do the, uh, something down on y'all's range, man. Dude, I wish. it's Getting any range time, it, it's it's really difficult, especially because yeah. we're a DOD facility. So it's yeah. fucking miserably hard. And we're always oh, busy, and we always have something going on. That's cool. That's, that's a good sign, though, right? Yeah, it's never a bad sign. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Derek, we... Kind of did uh, a couple of things. We had some, uh, we did a few hits with live fire in uh, some regular houses. That was kind of, um, you know, pretty good to just kind of test what the guys are capable of and make sure people are, you know, on their P's and Q's. That was always good training. We had a couple of off sites that we're getting ready uh, to demo. So we were able to use them for that kind of training. That's cool. I've, I've noticed awesome. in a lot of your videos, it seems like you guys are doing these breaches in what looked like fully furnished houses. Are those, uh, I, I was yeah. just, what are those facilities? Are they dedicated facilities or are they just old houses that you guys have? No, it's just old houses that, that they're getting ready to build the highway or something to that effect. We go in there and we get them set up and we try to do full profile mission runs, you know, where the guys get briefed up and then anything goes. And it depends on the environment. Sometimes we do it where uh, they could use munitions, uh, so they could do some force on force. Or if it's you know if it's in a good area, then we'll we'll just you know like literally anything goes. So it's kind of good good way to test your tactics and see what what you can do real time as well. 
That's very cool. And you also get to try it at a lot of different, a lot of different locations. Keep things. Yeah, absolutely. That's always a getting a getting the guys not the game the shoot house. Even though you change the layout in it, they've done so many hits in the shoot house that uh, you know, you know, realistically, they kind of could anticipate things. However, you know, when they do just blind hits, it's definitely uh, an eye opener. So that's always good. We have, cool. uh, there's a set of apartments that at one point they basically boarded up, they went out of business and they have a few different layouts oh. and a lot of times we go do hits there and that's always uh, good times. So are you guys getting the buildings like the fire departments usually do if they're going to condemn them or tear, tear them down? <clears throat> so I know when my dad was on volunteer, they used to get houses that were getting ready to tear down they were able to go in and actually do full on turns of the buildings. You guys are getting them the buildings the same ways like that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Usually, after we're done with them, they turn them over to the fire department, and they, you know, burn them down. Maybe some maybe a wall or doorway missing, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> Say what? Maybe a wall or doorway missing, but still the same thing. Right? That's exactly right, man. The firefighters get a little amped up about some missing doorways, though, because you know they want to try to control the airflow, I guess. But yeah, usually that's what ends up happening, and you know, from a breaching perspective. Uh, a lot of people, you know, train or set up their breaching in a laboratory style environment. You know, everybody's got a breaching facade and they build something and then they go test the charge, which is really good to collect data. But it's not complete data. It's a little bit different when your guy comes up on a target. He's not 100% sure what is going on. And they have to real time hang the charge and see how, you know, what kind of action they get out of it. And, and so it's a kind of a complete test. It can, it, at least that's what we feel uh, to, to try certain things. If, if, you know, because when you build, uh, if you're talking specifically about explosive breaching, you know, when you build something on a breaching facade, you kind of have it off, you, you know exactly what it's made of. So you could custom build the charge. But a lot of times, operationally, you try to know as much as possible, but sometimes things may not, you know, things may appear different than what they are. Yeah. How often uh, do you guys have to use breach charges in the real world? Uh, you know, I've never went to a parallel universe. The most uh, 99 of <laughs> all of the real world. No. Uh, you know, annually as a team, we might do six, seven. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, it depends on the year. Or, you know, what your operational tempo is. And, and, you know, sometimes you get missions where you end up doing four in one mission. Wow. So it just, it, it just depends. Well, and we use other breaching techniques as well. You know, obviously the number one breaching thing is a RAM. RAM works for just about everything, you know. But we also use chainsaws and shotguns. And, so, you know, you, you should have more than one breaching tool in your toolkit. Yeah, as many tools, sure. tools in the yeah. toolbox as possible. Yeah, yeah. I have a, you mentioned HRT, and I thought it was funny. Have you seen the pictures floating around of The Rock? Is apparently filming some new movie involving, I believe, FBI HRT. I saw that on Instagram with he's standing there all kitted up. That should be interesting. It, it should be interesting. Hope they do it right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, the, the movies have been stepping up their game, man. They've been like hiring a lot of retired dudes and hell, sometimes even some active guys as advisors. And 
uh, some of the stuff is pretty high speed. It is. It's smart to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what got you on this kick with this video? Well, I just I've seen this video multiple times, and I uh, once upon a time I used to sell um, firearms legal defense. Really, before my business got going, uh, that was my primary source of income. So I won't name the company, but it was one of those things. So you'll sign up and you'll pay a monthly fee. And if you ever have to defend yourself or you're charged with anything gun related, then that company would pay for all of the attorney's fees and provide the lawyer. Oh, wow. And so given, given you didn't like rob a bank or something like that. Oh, uh, so while I, I wasn't an attorney ever, I had to be familiar with self-defense. And unfortunately, where I worked most was at gun shows, trying to sell self-defense insurance to people. And just the, the moronic mindset of so many people, especially at gun shows. People like, if I see someone carrying my TV out the door, I'm going to shoot them with both my 1911s I keep on me. And, and stuff like, I don't need an attorney if there's no survivors or witnesses. That, I actually heard that one more than once. <laughs> oh, man. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, man, that's so, rough. And you, as, as a law enforcement professional, I thought it would be uh, funny to get you, um, everyone's input on uh, a video that's been circling around the interwebs recently, what not to do and when it's not a good idea to pull your gun out. And something else I heard a lot that was just moronic from people is that this misconception that if you pull your gun, you have to use it because you get in trouble for just pulling your gun on someone. Oh, jeez. It's, it's so what? stupid. Wow. Gun, the, I, I don't enjoy gun shows anymore. That, that really ruined it for me. Who is running water? Uh, I am, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get Yosef's, the dog some water, man. Yosef's on the toilet, hanging out on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just need to give the dog some water. <laughs> multitasking yes yes <laughs> all right so here i'm gonna throw this on for the live audience uh we tried earlier before the show started we couldn't get audio going so i'll throw the audio in for it uh so the pretense is this was uh february of this year's when it was uploaded but for some reason it was just recently went viral on facebook again and it was a man who uh found someone shop or saw someone shoplifting at like their local mall and instead of just getting the plate number and calling the police, they decided the best course of action was to hold them at gunpoint for shoplifting. Oh, so we're going to go ahead and play this. So you can see the guy pointing the gun. He's standing at the back of this sedan, pointing a gun at the driver, telling him to get out. Okay, so trying to do like a, a Mayberry style citizen's arrest. Like, about the guy in the, in the red, red and black jacket in the back. And so obviously, the guy driving tries to leave. Watch out, watch out. <laughs> I think you can see that one bounce. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so bad. So the um, shoplifter attempts to flee, obviously, even if you're just stealing iPhones, if someone points a gun at you, you're probably going to try and run away. And Barney Fife felt the best course of action was to open fire on the individual as they're driving away, because obviously they're a threat to society. And as they're driving away with crap flying out the back of the car, you can see the rounds bouncing off the ground. The guy isn't even hitting the car. It's a miracle no one was killed. It's just... Wow. It just it, it blows my mind that at the time this guy felt like that was 
the best thing to do. And I just, I dealt with a lot of that when I was selling the defense insurance is that people felt like that, uh, I don't know, they felt like they, they had, a, a, that they were basically law enforcement if they had concealed carry and a gun. Well, that's the thing is they're immediately, the man that drills is, I mean, and you gotta remember, I'm not law enforcement. I was military, but I'm not law enforcement, so I don't know every law, but the main one right there, his life was not in danger whatsoever. Nope. No one's life so, was in danger. No one's life was in danger. So him drawing that immediately makes them in the wrong. He, yep. me- he, he immediately becomes the aggressor, and the dude just shoplifting clothes immediately becomes the victim. Yes. So that's and that's the problem I think with a lot of people sometimes is that they go and get this concealed handgun, and they automatically think because of other things that we have on social media out there, like getting the concealed carry badge. That they automatically think that they are the <laughs> Texas Texas Ranger of the 1800s out trying to get Billy the Kid. That's not true. The only way you could be a Texas Ranger is if you could roundhouse somebody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember, I'm only about a mile away from the Waco Texas Ranger Museum where they actually have an area just for Chuck Norris and him in the TV show. Wouldn't you? Uh, like if it's, I, I would be <laughs> <laughs> I have a legitimate question now about the situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where it was, the guy who originally pulled the gun starts open fire. Now, if I'm there and I see that as a secondary person just yeah. walking carrying a gun. Yeah. And I, you know, I see this guy shooting at another person. Shooting as a car as it's driving away. Yeah, I mean. Am I in the wrong if I fucking skin a smoke wagon and, you know, kill him? In? <laughs> uh, no, because from what you saw, you could see that someone's life was in danger. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah. the dude went from fucking zero to 100 and now has become a criminal by, you know, being completely in the wrong. And if, you know, I walk in, I see him shooting at a car and then rounds impacting and possibly hitting other people. You know, if I fucking, if I, you know, like I said, if I, if I break leather and fucking fill them in, you know, how, how much am the wrong am I now? Uh, depending on the states, probably not. If you could justify that you thought someone's life was in danger from what you saw. Motherfucker was shooting at a dude in a car. Yeah. How did I know it wasn't his wife and he was a fucking, you know, it was a domestic that escalated. So... All valid points. I guess the question I have before we go down that rabbit hole for the age of the video. So, uh, at least my perspective, I don't know all the details. Okay, so cops go through this all the time. People see a forty-five minute, forty-five second video, and and where a person has to make a snap judgment on something, and. Everybody, Monday morning, you know, you watch that video, we're sitting here in, in, in the AC, nobody's stressing us out, nothing, and we could make clear-cut decisions and say, I would have done this, I would have done that, I would have done that, and that, all of those are valid points, but in all fairness to the entire situation, I'm not saying, the, I don't know what the facts are, so I'm not trying to give a politically correct answer, I just do say, just like I would expect people to extend me the courtesy even when dudes watch a, a, a snippet, a 20-second snippet of a training video, they start commenting and making statements that basically 
assess you tactically, assess your firearms, your, your, all your skill sets, your knowledge, everything based on a 20-second snippet of something they saw on social media. And I just think that it, it, those videos should invoke thought, for sure. But also, it should be somewhat of a measured response. Now, if the fact is what they are, a guy that had, you know, committed some shoplifting offense, uh, exactly what you said in the beginning, Derek, is, hey, man, just get the tag number and roll on. So that's, that's valid. Um, if the guy opens fire in the middle of a parking lot and you deem from your perception that he's a danger to the public and he continues to shoot and you end up engaging him, I could argue that's a valid argument. That, hey, man, I pulled up on the lot. I saw a guy. He looked like he was out of control shooting at people. <clears throat> I pulled my gun out, and here we are. Or you could even say the argument, okay, he should have not been there in the beginning to stop the guy from the shoplifting, but he was. And when he approached that vehicle, we didn't see what he saw. What if he could, could he articulate that he saw the guy reach in his waistband and he saw something that appeared to be a firearm? So he opened fire on him. Not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that's kind of the phenomenon that's happening right now is we see a video, make a few assumptions about it, and then we start operating and commenting as if that's really what the facts are. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to open fire on a car driving away from me unless I could articulate the danger to others or to the public you know so i get that but i just do call you know i see this all the time where we kind of go down this rabbit hole where a guy makes a snap judgment and i'm not saying chasing people down with your gun drawn on some dude that stole i don't even know what this guy stole do we know not that it really you know but you get what i'm saying and, and that's kind of a tough call to say hey man you know the, the you know this is what happened or this is not what happened. I do agree, however, that if the facts, as you say they are, where he did steal some <laughs> DVDs or whatever, you, I think you said an iPhone, and a guy goes up there, and I agree, just because you pull your gun out doesn't mean you have to use it. I don't know if I would even pull my gun out. As a, as, a, as a citizen, I'm armed to protect myself, not to go out there and chase. Uh, robbers i mean and even if you're a police officer and you show up there and the guy just shoplift you wearing did you blast him because he stole something <laughs> hopefully not yeah no, that's what i'm saying put down the kicks put down the kicks yeah. <laughs> sir <laughs> that item wasn't on sale <laughs> now that that is an excellent point that you need to be objective and understand that it is a 45 second video and it's impossible to know all of the circumstances leading up to that. And and you mentioned the comments on your page, and I see that every single time that you guys will post some, generally something really cool in high speed, a breach into a house, and then there'll be some dude on there critiquing the tactics of how he threw the flashbang or how the number two guy went in the wrong direction. Dude. No, I mean, that's, I mean, and that's the thing. It doesn't matter. Like, it, you know, I'm not even, not, not even just videos we post, just in general. It's like it, it hinders lear learning. The objective is of those videos is to invoke thought and get people to start thinking of what to do or, you know, how to work or whatever. And finally, too, uh, it's, you know, it's, a, you know, at least from when, when we post training videos, it's training. That's the whole purpose is you're training. You know, it's not like a, 
99.9% of them are just, you know, it's an environment and it's happening as it's happening. We video and we put it out there. It's not like a, re a fully rehearsed, uh, you know, thing. And, and, you know, and people kind of drill down based on that one specific little thing that becomes the entire mantra or the entire, the only thing they ext extracted out of that video is, look, see, that's a blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, that's a, that's a, that's wrong. And you're like, hey, man, if, well, first of all, if they got it right every time, then what's the point of training? Uh, and two, just what you're seeing is not necessarily a full, a full developed concept. Uh, and, and that's, and that's not easy for anybody to do. I think most of us, again, we watch a video, we make assumptions about the video, and those assumptions become, the basis of our judgment and it's hard to step back and say well hang on a second could my assumptions be wrong and and that's i don't use the self-reflection but that's the same thing if you set up your own training agenda having the ability when you go out to train to come back from that and say okay what well, was my training set up reflective of what my goals are and did i realistically uh you know am i going to be able to based on that reflection not just make some assumptions or some decisions on yeah oh this is good i gotta i gotta do it this way you know i have to go into those places that make you uncomfortable where you will make mistakes you know i'd rather make mistakes in training videos than legitimate videos and it, it, it actually kind of i personally think some of that stuff kind of hinders learning you know like you see dudes post stuff all the time them shooting or whatever people will be like that's slow that's inaccurate what's the point of this blah 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 i'm like well let's look at what could we could have extrapolated from that to be a positive thing maybe that's not a technique i would adopt hey thanks for sharing or no hey that's a technique i would adopt but i may modify it this way or hey i've never seen this before that doesn't mean it's bad maybe i just haven't fully vetted it to figure out does it have value or maybe it has value in that person's area of operation, but it doesn't have any value in my area of operation. That doesn't mean it's bad. That just means that, you know, people all the time say have a tool in the toolkit. I don't necessarily think you should have all the tools in the toolkits. I think you should have some tools that you are very good at using. You know, you have a professional come up here, you know, build a, uh, lay some hardwood floors. Their toolbox will have some tools, but they only use those tools that they are really specific for that job that they're very good at using. You'll see a lot of people that just collect tools, but they're not skilled at any of the tools. So what's the point of having that tool? So a lot of times those videos will kind of show you some of those tools and does that tool fit my, uh, does it, you know, if I'm the guy that, you know, only does, you know, carries a gun concealed. And then when I go to a shooting class, I have a war belt on and all that jazz. How does that, that doesn't, I mean, yeah, there is a training value in that, but does that meet my needs? Should I be more adept at drawing from concealment versus adept at somebody that needs to work out of a war belt? Does that kind of make sense? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. Anyway, that was my ramble taking over the conversation. Anybody else? <laughs> no, that's exactly why we enjoy having you on, is that you bring, a, you bring a lot of knowledge to the table and a good perspective on things. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
But yeah, so do we know what happened to the dude? Did any did, did, did we, do do we have any other info on this situation? You know, I tried to find that, and that's also something else I wanted to bring up is that see if anyone else knew because when I saw it on Facebook when I originally saw it, like there there's little to no info on it. And on the video that the only video of it I was able to find on YouTube, there's also very little info up on it. So if anyone out there knows the whole story, please uh send it my way and we'll talk about it on the next one. That'd be interesting to know. All it says is uh, armed citizen shoots at shoplifter in uh, Billings, Montana, J.C. Penney. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> Speaking of that, along the same vein of uh, making judgment calls, uh, often harsh judgment calls off of videos, uh, would you like to speak at all of the uh, the recent, I, I can't remember the name, the uh, the hotel shooting that's gone very viral on the internet after the officer is found not guilty. Oh, the one in the hallway? Uh, yeah. That video? Okay. I, I haven't seen that one. I, I've been on the rock. Which one is that one? Uh, it was uh, an officer, after the trial was over, the video was released of the body cam uh, of an officer who uh, shot someone in a hotel hallway after he reached to pull his pants up from after they were slipping. And the officer perceived that he was reaching for a weapon Ooh. and engaged him. It's just the, the internet's been ablaze with it. But lots of people commenting back and forth whether or not it was a good judgment call or not. It's interesting. And information is still coming out, but the officer is found not guilty of second degree murder, which is what uh, they tried him for. Well, from the guys that watched the video, what's your perspective? I can't really see anything. I, I physically haven't watched the video yet because I think a lot of it. When, it, when we have all these body cam videos and come out here and everybody immediately think that they're a keyboard lawyer and know everything about it when they're not there. So when it comes to stuff like that, I mean, even the video that we watched, you know, just a little bit ago, we, we gave our, our ideas of what we thought about for concealed carry and stuff like that. But something like this, when it comes to legal matters that deep where they've already had a trial, I try to stay away from a lot of stuff like that because I think it just pushes the, uh, false agenda that can happen from over time especially on social media but yeah. i'm actually trying to pull up the video now so i can take a look at it just a little bit more because i've only seen small small snippets of it but when it when it comes to something like that i mean i know with dealing with uh uh prisoners and stuff like that over in iraq and afghanistan it's the same kind of feeling as your adrenaline is so jacked up anyways that you think you see stuff that you don't see there might be something there that you miss um you can never really know what that person was thinking at that exact moment. Heck, the person that was even the guy that was holding the rifle and the officer, he his mindset is going to be different every time, too. And even by minute by minute afterward and before, his mindset's different because of that adrenaline that's pumping through your system. So it's it's a really, you know, body cam footage is good, but it doesn't get the entire picture that we need to have. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's those are all very valid points. Yeah, we don't know what all the stuff that was brought up into trial. You know, just a couple of things. You know, when guys respond to calls, uh, you know, and, and they're under that concept that, hey, I could get killed at any moment in time. They're making a split-second decision that could change their life and obviously somebody else's life forever. And, you know, when we watch the video, again, we're not under that stressor. We don't have that perception. And, that yes, that is one angle. You know, the technology has come so far where guys are carrying, you know, wearing cameras all the time. 
and that's always going to be the, the 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 concept that everybody watches the camera we've watched enough tv anyway that everybody thinks well i wouldn't shoot him yeah because you don't have all the perceptions that the other officer has and i also understand the family of the victim you know the guy that got shot they're also like why well, you know how did you shoot him that's my kid he wouldn't do something like that i mean there is their perception which in turn gets them to in that thought in that mindset you know the officers coming from one mindset they're coming from another mindset and those two things meet each other at a split second and those two worlds collide what i do find interesting in our society however i think i don't know what the stats are i would be curious to see how many people get killed uh of malpractice where doctors have an opportunity in in some of the incidents to pre-plan for a long time for the surgery and all those things and then people die and and, and they could go buy malpractice uh, insurance and they don't even get charged for when people die i mean they might get sued which okay so an officer who's out there making those snap second decisions he has no recourse not only do they get sued, they actually get laid off, lose their employment, and, you know, do people make mistakes? Absolutely. I mean, this is not, you know, they're humans, and I'm not saying that makes it okay. But I think we need to just kind of just, we realize we need police. Uh, to have, you know, I've come from part of the world where there isn't uh, all this uh, law and order and it's chaos and and I think people in our country forget that the stability law enforcement brings to the table is the stability needed for all this growth and all these things that we're able to do that other places can't do and I come from a country where there is no stability and if you don't have any stability then there's no forward progress in any shape form or fashion absolutely so we have to ask you know is this uh, is this a cost of doing business and what can we do to fix it and just prosecuting officers is not a solution yes are there officers that should be prosecuted absolutely but nobody wants to hear about well let's you get what you paid for you know you pay guys $35,000 to be a cop and they only have to have a high school education but yet you're going to put them out on the street making split second decisions uh, that could affect people's lives and that's a that's not a question for me or that's a question for our society to decide if, if, if i'm going to put somebody out there that has the power i think a lot of cops too and people in general forget that an officer does have you know could make decisions that not only you know uh, uh, rob people of their uh of their freedom also their life and and we as a society spend very little time and energy to say okay we need to make sure these people are trained to the utmost level there is we we really don't we don't we don't do that i think the biggest so, part with that too is you got people that you got you get the one side where people are explaining you know we don't need the police or the police are bad but then when they need them they need them but then they complain the people complain saying that officers aren't getting enough training they're not getting enough stuff but they're understaffed they're underpaid they're the training they get it isn't as what it should be but then when you need the money to do the training people want to complain about having to raise taxes and pay more for their law enforcement or their fire departments and stuff like that so with being a, i mean with them being law enforcement it's a double-edged sword with saying do i need to do my job but then you're going to complain that i'm not doing my job right because you won't give me the funding to do it 
So it's this kind of quid pro quo thing going on the whole time with them. Because I, I mean, I don't know. I know the departments that I've worked, but I've been around here where I live in Texas. It's I've seen it all the time. I and mean, we're at, right outside the largest army military post in the world, you know, Fort Hood. And you see it all the time of guys that will complain about the police and then they want the police, but then they complain that they're not getting the right type of training. So it's this, it's this big rigmarole, big ball that keeps rolling and rolling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think yeah, I mean, P, 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 you know, people want the people want when they push the button for the police to arrive, they should arrive five minutes before they did. And, you know, the, the ninja of cops should show up that's able to solve every crime, do everything possible. And they want to do it at a minimum wage uh, salary. So that's an issue. I mean, and then the flip side of that, hey, you know, being a victim is, is not an easy thing. I mean, you know, if you're a victim of a crime or you need the police, yeah, you need them to show up. I mean, I've been in law enforcement for over 20 years, and sometimes, you you know, I have to call the police, and then when you call them, they're like, man, I wish they were here five minutes ago. So those are natural things that we just have to, I think, figure out a way to reconcile. And I will, I will say this, law enforcement does not do a good job of educating the public about how to police do business or how do things go down. The, the public is educated via the media and movies. And it's all uh, negative. You know, yeah, it's all negative. Or they watch NCIS. And so super, the super cop comes out of nowhere, yeah. And super <laughs> cop. See, okay, download the video from the blah, blah, blah. Oh, see, that's the guy. And then the, so the people have this false sense that that's what's happening. So that kind of... Until you can figure out a way to reconcile those things, I don't think that's, uh, I mean, the public expectations and the officers' expectations are not at the same level. I don't think that's going to be an, an issue. And I think there is this mentality, well, shouldn't the, aren't the cops part of the public? Yeah, they are, but they do do, they, they, they are in an environment that's different than the regular public. You know, they're exposed to things that the regular public doesn't want to be exposed to because if they did, then they wouldn't want the cops. So there is this dichotomy of even though the cops are from the public, they're a subculture of the, this whole, this whole, the, the, the cog of, of, of things. And, and that's a, it's a dangerous uh, combination. I mean, I think that there's going to be, Law enforcement is about 15 years old behind the curve, it seems like. So, I mean, if, if right now we're, you know, you're seeing all this camera footage, in about 10 years or so, you're going to start seeing the change in the way we do business just based on all those expectations of the, the camera. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things, too, that people that, that if you're in an area where you get a chance to, this is for guys that are on the live and even for the guys that are going to be listening to this later on when we re-edit this if you have a chance to go out and actually do a ride along with an officer and actually see what their day-to-day -day is i mean i used to do ride-alongs when i was getting ready to get out of the military and possibly being a law enforcement officer until i got my percentages and i wasn't able to go into law enforcement like a law into after the military but to actually see what these guys day-to-day -day is i mean i went on multiple ride-alongs and one night where we had nothing going on another night we had three bar fights 110 mile an hour uh, chase with a motorcycle where the guy crashed at the end i mean i saw the entire gambit just where i live here in texas so if you have a chance to go and do it and you kind of like want to understand what these actually what the officers go through 
get on a ride along in some department, someplace, if you have a chance to, because it will make you appreciate what those guys do a lot more. And you were not going to be sitting by heck there going, oh, we don't need cops or, you know, complaining about what they do. And I think that's one of the best things we can do is like citizen on patrol or just something where they can be more understanding what these guys actually go through every day. That's not a valid point. Not a valid point. Lots of excellent valid points. I think we'll start to wrap up this segment here. Adam, where can people listening go and find you and your company that you work for? Uh, you can find us online at nightarmco.com. Uh, our Instagram is nightarmco. Uh, my personal one is Adam underscore Pini, P-I-N-I. So yeah, pretty simple, pretty easy. Awesome. Nathan, where can people find you and hire you to take some awesome pictures? <laughs> uh, our website is uh, Schultz Photography, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z-Photography.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Schultz Photography 1. And then we're on Instagram at Schultz Photography underscore. And you can see all of our stuff there. Awesome. Yosef, where can people uh, find more information about Esoteric? Uh, our website is Esoteric, L-L-C, all one word, dot com. Um, that's our website with our schedule and available training. We are on Instagram as esoteric underscore LLC. It's spelled E-S-O-T-E-R-I-C-L-L-C. Awesome. And I am Derek of Moguns.com. You can check us out at M-O-E-G-U-N-S.com for all your patches, apparels, t-shirts, stickers, all that good stuff, including the podcast logo, which is very popular. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.